Hallelujah. Once again, fam, thanks so much for uh, for your giving. Thank you for uh, obedience. And you know what? You ought to thank yourself for being for being obedient to the word because it does you well. It's gonna it's gonna benefit you in in the long run. So much so that God says, "Test me in this, and see if I will not pour out something that you don't even have space for. You don't have enough rooms." You don't have enough rooms. You don't have enough pockets. You don't know enough people to even be able to give away what it is that I can that I can release within your life. And I, I just got to take a poll that we do still have people that have the kind of faith that believe that God is moving us toward doing exceeding and exceeding abundantly above all that it is that we, that we can ask or think or hope for that that is that is still alive with, within us i i know that there there's a time where you know weariness does try to attach itself but that's why we're encouraged by paul that when when we're in the midst of doing well that's actually when we got to watch out for it don't grow weary in the well doing for in the due season you will reap so long, so long as I don't faint. And a part of that is the gathering like this, gathering of like-minded believers and us staying attached to each other and encouraging each other and spurring each other on to, to the good works that the Lord has, has us moving towards. So let me serve as and encourage you that you are certainly on the way. I know that the, the taxi is taking a long time to come and pick you up or the, the flight is massively delayed, whatever metaphor you want to throw out there for it. You've been waiting a long time, waiting a while. I understand. I know I'm in the midst of the wait myself. Nevertheless, we have to take uh, these times of being encouraged by fellow believers, time we're about to have jumping in his word and letting the word read us that gives that, that life vitality and gives that re-energy, re, that's not even a word, energizing, re-energizing. That's what I was trying to say. I was about to say something else. But point being, you are moving in the direction that you need to be going. Amen. 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 So we are about to uh, continue conversation within Humble Pie. I don't know about y'all, but um, <laughs> this, this, has been, this has been messing with me. And maybe a little more so than y'all because I'm the one that's got to come and talk about it. So while, while I'm in the midst of, of preparing and getting it together, it, it is like ouch on ouch on ouch but then I get a little happy because I'm like well I ain't the only one that's about to have to ouch so Sunday's coming and they they got to get ready to ouch too so we're about to uh journey into the third installment uh with this remember um this conversation rests upon the foundation of understanding that that God is mo moving us into being a prepared people for the blessing okay number one there is a blessing okay there is something that that is there that the Lord uh, has has uh, built to be released. It's not something that like like the word that went forth uh, in transition from worship. It's not supposed to be something that's just on display and something for me to look at and say, man, it'd be nice 
to. It'd be nice to get. It, that, that's not what it is. There's something that, that the Lord is looking to release, uh, something that has already actually been released. And we touched on that in our uh, series last year of true salvation, that when I've come into the fold and come into the kingdom of God, that everything I could possibly need. Peter said that, that everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given over to us. So, the, so this is something that's already been unlocked and open to me. But if there are specific thought patterns or ways, behaviors, personality, and different things within me that don't fit in line with being a carrier and conduit of this blessing, then there is something every now and then that the Lord will bring me through, make me eat, that dials that up so that it can be dealt with. Remember, we started with the children of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 7 and chapter 8, and the Lord was talking to them and letting them know how he led them through the wilderness and intentionally let them get hungry, intentionally took them through situations that he might humble them, that he might test them to know what was in their heart. He's got to know what's in their heart before he releases the fullness over to them because he told them in Deuteronomy 8 that if I don't do do this, you're going to get to the blessing and the blessing's going to work, but it's not going to work in the sense of keeping you in the position you need to be in because you're going to say when you start seeing all this stuff happening around you that my own hand got me this. And that's what, that's what the Lord is trying to keep us the furthest away from because if there's one thing that God despises even still today is a prideful and arrogant heart. And pride, pride and arrogance in the sense of I did this and he did not, that's not something that he's going to have because he's still a God that refuses to share his glory with anybody. So that's, that's where we started with uh, the first installment. Then last week we got to uh, talking about the the uh, the the justice the justice and fairness piece and and the piece of understanding that that God will put me in a place to to dial up a situation that makes me feel like I have been unfairly treated. I've been unfairly treated, be it by a person. I've been unfairly treated even by him. He will put in situations and squeeze just to see, will I, call, will I allow the throne of my heart to be uh, uh, vacated by him and then enthroned by something else? Ideally, myself and my own version of my story. So remember, we were in Matthew chapter 20. We saw the guys, everybody got hired for the same wage, but everybody didn't work the same amount of hours. Remember that? You got guys who worked all day. Then you had guys that only worked one hour. The guys who worked all day saw that the guys who worked one hour got the exact same pay, and that dialed up something within them. And even in that, uh, in that parable, Remember, Jesus said that the uh, the owner of the vineyard said to those guys who worked the most hours, he said, what does it matter to you if whatever I do with my resources? They're my resources. You agreed to this or is your eye evil because I'm good? Is your eye evil because I'm good? What, what is that saying? Is, is there something in you that's off kilter and not quite right? Because of your version of what you feel like this should be happening. And remember, all of this is spelling an understanding of how the kingdom works. Remember, the, par the beginning of that parable was the understanding of let me show you how the kingdom 
works. Let me show you how the king, how kingdom blessing operates. Kingdom blessing operates by the understanding that God sets the parameters as to how it is to be released. And if I don't understand that, I, I will get myself off kilter and get myself in this place to where I feel like I have been unfairly treated when in reality, God's just using his own stuff in his own way. But but if but if I if I get off kilter with that, if if I am not flowing with the proper understanding that I'm in that I'm in the mix of having to uh, eat a slice of humble pie here and there every now and then, then I will think that God's out to do me wrong. I'll think that God's out to get me. I'll think that God's a liar. I'll think that God's word is not true. I'll think that th this whole faith thing is not is not even worth it. And you you ain't got to be honest with me and that you know say that things like that flow through your head every now and then. I know that ain't popular to sit there and talk about like that. Like there's ain't thoughts that ain't come through your head. But you know, let me go ahead and just be be the one to do it. Be the one to do it first. You know, maybe just conversation between you and I. Please don't tell nobody else. But uh, every now and then. That there have been times where where I have uh, shook my fist up at heaven, if if you will, and and said some things that I ain't the most proud uh, of 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 saying, and yet here I am, you know, telling you turning your Bible to and 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 all of that. Now, if, now if it's awkward to hear the conversation, imagine how awkward it is to be the one saying it. You see, you see, you see what I'm saying? But but this this is to show that God is God enough to even handle me in those moments like that. And and God is not uh, uh, pushed away by that God is not uh, scared of that God is not so fickle in his emotions toward us or fickle in his love that that it is conditioned upon me always getting it right so so you should have a sense of comfort in having these conversations and this is why every now and then we got to eat the humble pie because it has to dial stuff up like that because if those things don't get dialed up the blessing's not about to do you any good because what a lot of times what we think that when 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 the the breakthrough of blessing and let me call it the trimmings okay the the trimmings of blessing when the trimmings of blessing start to come and and break through within our life and things start to be elevated as far as how you live your life you have the audacity to think that problems stop that's that's where a lot of us get terribly mixed up in our thought process of what blessing brings into our life because you remember you we going after the hundred times but what does the 100 times come with let me see if you're paying attention what does the 100 times come with persecution remember they are paired together you don't get one without getting the other and if we're moving forward in kingdom blessing, yes, the blessing's coming through. Houses, mother, brother, sister. I don't know what you're going to do with a hundred times more family. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that's coming as well. But it doesn't come by itself. You don't get blessing without persecution. But let me bring a hope factor into it. You don't get persecution without blessing. So you don't get blessing without persecution. But if you feel yourself being extremely pressed and the persecuting factor, I got good news. There's blessing that's attached to that. So one without the other, you don't get one without the other. That was just my um, synopsis of what's happening over, over the past two weeks. So now let's get into what we what we about to talk about uh, today. 
if, if I was going to uh, tag this, it's Humble, it's Humble Pie Part 3. But uh, I told Ashley, I was like, I want to call this one if I had a little tag for grown folks. If, if, if there was something that I was going to tag it with. Humble Pie Part 3 for grown folks. And I'm, 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 I'm saying that because most of the time when I was growing up, when I, when I, heard, when I heard this, it, it was to uh, give, give way to that, that there's something going on. There's a conversation that's happening. There's something that's on TV that you, you are not mature enough to, to handle. So therefore, your presence is, is not needed in, in this space. So there's something that, that's going on that, that if, you, if you get exposed to it could, could actually uh, put, you, put you in danger if you, if you are a child and, and, you're not, and you're not mature enough. And I want to uh, ride down that slope, if you will, today with, with this conversation. It's actually all been for grown folks, but, but this is about to, to dive in uh, even more because we're, we're going to look at uh, 1 Samuel 24 uh, first. So 1 Samuel 24, looking at verses 1 through 6, and then we're going to look at James 3, and those are going to be the two texts that, that we rest on to, uh, to have this conversation because I want to look at uh, uh, heavenly versus demonic wisdom. Heavenly versus demonic wisdom. Now, it, it's, it almost sounds oxymoronic that, that, that there can be such a wisdom that is laced with demonic trimmings. But it is. And I bet you you've probably been operating in it and didn't even know it. And see, it is, it is for grown folks to be able to have these kind of conversations and to say to God that I will open myself up to, to, be, to be examined, to be scrutinized in that kind of way to see if, if there is somewhere where I have come into agreement with demonically laced wisdom. And I thought I was moving in something that was virtuous and righteous, but I really wasn't. Because once again, these are the conversations that have to happen if I'm going to be one that's fit for 100 times. Everything we're talking about is moving us in the direction of 100 times. I want to see 100 times breakthrough in your life. I want to see 100 times breakthrough in my life. But we know that there's a particular diet that the Lord's got us on. So 1 Samuel 24, let's, uh, let's look at that, but um, let's, uh, let's pray right quick before we continue to go forward. Father, uh, thank you for the discussion that's, ha- that's been happening already up until this point. But we thank you that as we uh, break open the bread that you are about to speak to us, that you are about to feed us, and we stand ready. Holy Spirit, we make space for you. Do what you do best. Teach us, challenge us, reproof us, correct us, comfort us, inspire us, make us ready. And make us a fit people for the uh, 100 times that you are setting us up for. And I thank you for the strength that is about to be added as a result of this conversation. And thank you that everyone, including the one holding the microphone, is about to walk away strengthened and empowered. In Jesus' name, if I got some agreement, shout amen. 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 All right. I got some grown folk in here ready to talk. (laughs) If you're not, we're about to do it anyway. <laughs> First Samuel 24, um, New King James Version and the Passion Translation be bouncing between the two of them. So, um, so yeah, First Samuel 24, let's go. 
Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel, went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave, so Saul went in to use the restroom. Verse 4. Uh, This is the meat of where we're going. I gave the first three verses just to give context so you could understand uh, what was happening. Verse 4, then the men of David said to him, this is key, then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. So David sneaks up on Saul while he's resting and he cuts off a piece of his robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Now let's rock right quick to uh, James, then we'll come back to 1 Samuel and walk this thing out. James chapter 3, verses 14 through uh, 18, I believe. Verses 14 to 18. James chapter 3, verse 14 to 18. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, wisdom, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every, look at the book, every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 18, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now let me uh, track back to where we need to be within 1 Samuel. So, so you got, so you, you, know, you know the story. David is the anointed uh, uh, is the, the next anointed in line after Saul. Saul gets into trouble with being disobedient. Presence of God is, is, is stripped away from him so far as the anointing that causes him to lead well. That's stripped away from him. David is chosen as the next one. David uh, comes in and serves under Saul, but he's serving under a leader that wants him dead from throwing uh, javelins at him while he's playing the harp so that a spirit can come off of his his ball so that you can be soothed and you throwing a javelin at me to trying to make sure that things are running well underneath the leadership of Saul and and David is the one that is chosen because he has the heart uh, of God or God or a man that's after my own heart is how God describes him so he he gets to a place where eventually he has to leave the kingdom and he's got to be on the run because if I don't leave Saul's going to kill me. So he's on the run, and he goes into these uh, various spaces. He actually partners up with the enemies uh, of Israel, partners up with the Philistines, and lives among them for a while. And we find him where we are in the story. This is where we find him. And we find him in a specific cave that Saul has chosen as well, along with his man, just to take a rest. 
and take a break. He's in, he's in this cave. And the David and his men that are with him see that Saul has come in. Saul has uh, put himself in a vulnerable position. And they give word to David that Saul is in this vulnerable position. And they say to him specifically that this is of the Lord. They say to him that this is of the Lord. And they give him information, they feed him insight, or they feed him, if, if you journey with me, they try and give him a wisdom that, that says that God has finally put you in a position where you can end all of this. You, you, you've been put in a position where finally this can finally be cut off, you can get rid of him, and we don't have to, and we don't have to run anymore. We don't have to run anymore. We don't have to keep moving. We don't have to keep rocking with this. We can finally get rid of him and we can move forward with our life and we can stop stop all this not being with our families and, and everything like that. This is the day which the Lord has said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now, I, I got I got an issue with this because you and I both know that whenever one surrenders their life to God, especially if you are identified as someone that is after God's own heart, God is not going to build a life for you to do what seems good to you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about y'all, but it's, it's, not, it's not that God don't want you to have a good time. It's not that God don't want you to have abundant life. It's not that God don't want you to have fun, don't want you to rest, don't want you to recuperate and all of that. But, but God is not going to build my life to where I get to make all of the decisions to the degree that I want to make them, especially when it comes to destiny decisions like what David is in the midst of right here. David is in the midst of a destiny decision to where he is about to commit a crime if he, if he moves forward in, in, t in taking out uh, Saul in this moment. So, so they say to him that it might, that God has put and built this situation so that you can do what seems good to you. You can handle this. You can move in this situation as far as it seems as far as it seems good to you. And I, I want I want to take a turn right here because with us with the conversation of us having to to eat the humble pie, I need to ask that is there any space within your life, any space within my life where I'm looking at the fact that I'm waiting a long time for the blessing, or I'm waiting on this, or I'm waiting on that? Is there somewhere where I have eaten something that had that is laced with the wrong wisdom where I'm saying to myself that I get to do what is good to me that I, that I get to do what what's what's good for me that that I that I need that I need to be looking out for me and mine that's how we say it I, I need I need to be look, looking out for me and mine. I need I need to be looking out for 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 what's for what's best for me, for what's best for for my family, for what's best for this and what's best for that. I'd I'd be I'd be a little 
careful with, within that area because when, whenever I get to moving into a space and a place to where I'm way more concerned about me and mine and not the totality of what it is that I've been called to, then I can be moving into a space to where there is, there is, a, there is a lacing of, of, of sensual and earthly activity that can be fed to me and is being fed to me in a way that appears righteous. How, how can I say that? Because with David, David is running for his life from this guy who is trying to kill him. Seems pretty righteous that now that I got a chance to throw the javelin back, now that I got a chance to end this, that this would be a good cause, that God would lay this up for me and be a good cause for me to be able to move forward like this. But the question still remains, is that what God wants me to do? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is that the space and the way and the route that the Lord would have me to take? And we see that for a brief moment, as brief as it might have been, David drank that Kool-Aid. He did. He did. And, 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 for, and for a brief moment, he came into agreement and said, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we see that he couldn't come in full agreement, but he came into agreement close enough to where the text says that, that he arose and he secretly cuts off the corner, secretly cuts off the corner of Saul's robe. So that it might seem good to you. So with, with that statement, highly doubt that that was a word that was coming from the Lord, yet it was fed, fed to David by his men. And he would come into agreement with that perspective, even but for a moment. For a moment, revenge sounded good and sweet to David. But in that moment, at the same time, we see that his heart had been dealt with. Now, it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. His heart troubles him. So, so we've, got, we've got the issue that his heart brings trouble. To him. So his heart, his heart is troubled because of the activity of, of cutting off the robe. Because, because the, the, the issue was God deals with him because of what cutting off the robe represented. Okay? The, it, 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 he, he, could, he could make the argument, which that might be why he cut off the robe, because it's like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything to him. But you got to understand that, that David did do something to Saul in the cutting off of the robe, because the robe represented his throat. God deals with David because he's saying, you cut the robe, but what you were really doing was cutting his throat. You, you, you cut the robe, but you were killing him. You don't believe me. Let me bring it. Let me bring a New Testament. If you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, because you, you heard it said, don't sleep with her. And you're not married to him. You heard don't sleep with him and you're not married to him. But I say to you that if you with the eye, if you with the eye look at and begin to fantasize about that activity taking place, then you in where? 
the heart have already committed and moved in a way that you were not supposed to move. And this is the same issue that's going on with David. David, your heart is troubled because what you have done is already moved forward in murdering King Saul. And as long as you let your heart stay in spaces like that because of being fed demonically laced wisdom, you're not fit to be king like I need you to. So even in the moment of you cutting off the robe, I got to deal with that. I got to deal with that. And with us, as we are moving along in this journey of being uh, uh, being a uh, fit to have the 100 times, there will be persecuting factors that are going to come to us that try and highlight things like this to make sure that the heart is in the right place. Making sure that my heart is fit and making sure that I'm not operating off of something that, that appears to be righteous and me standing up for myself and me moving like this and they ain't finna treat me like that and they ain't finna talk to me like that and they ain't finna do me wrong like that. I'm not, I'm not trying to justify whatever it is that might have happened to you or whatever it is that might have been going on trying to say that they were right. I'm trying to say to you that now that the ball is in your court and you've been offended and you've been wronged, you can't afford to be fed by a wisdom that says that you get them back and get them back good in the of taking care of you because I'm telling you right now that that is earthly and sensual and not going to lead to you being fit for 100 times that's what I'm saying and we must be conscious of that David's heart troubles him cutting off the robe ain't that the robe was expensive that's what it represented you ain't cutting no robes uh, David you slicing his throat. You enjoying this. Because revenge right now sounds pretty sweet. And I know that if it happened to David, I'm quite sure a time or two it's happened to you. The Lord deals with David's heart because of the wisdom he was drawing from. You cut the cloth, but you had it in your heart to kill him. Based off of that wisdom that you've been receiving. This is of the Lord, David. This is of the Lord. This is the, this is the chance. This is the moment you've been waiting for, for you to do as seems good to you. But I love how David quickly bounces it back. He says to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Basically leading us to this question. Be careful of where you're picking up your frequency signals from. Be careful. See, see, this is why I can't, I can't keep being so in love with the world and keep picking up signals from their definition of success and then try and cross that over into the kingdom. That's where, that's where the massive frustration for most of us is, is at. I, I, keep, I keep watching reality shows. I keep watching all, this, all the things I watch on Netflix. I keep watching, uh, uh, it's, it's not cribs no more, now it's whatever it is, but watching these people go through their lavish homes and their lavish lifestyle and all that stuff and feed off of that and then try and throw Jesus on it. You ain't got to say nothing. It's okay. But when, when, I, when, I do, when I bring that mixture, I forget that God's not obligated to something he didn't tell me. 
God's not obligated to some fantasy or vision or dream. He did not authorize. And if I don't recognize that and then mess around getting the kingdom and start having to eat this kind of humble pie that's checking me in my heart to, 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 rid, to rid me of the ill motives because I've been, fed, I've been fed by a wisdom that perpetuates that self-seeking, perpetuates competition, perpetuates me and mine. And the kingdom comes into direct conflict with that. Why? Because there's an audience of one. There's an audience of one. And anything that's being brought into my life is so that there, there is a greater exposure of that one who is worthy to be praised. So we track him? Good, good. Let's, uh, let's keep going. James 3 is actually my last scripture, so this ain't it's not, not going to take too much longer. So let's dive in a little bit on this, on this wisdom piece. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, that sounds, a lot, that sounds a lot like the word that David's men gave to him. Do as seems good to you. Bitter envy, self-seeking. We can't really say that, you know, David had bitter envy within him, but, I mean, let's just logically deduce everything that he's going through up until that point on the run constantly wanted looking to be murdered looking to be killed because Saul can't stand the fact that somebody somebody's replacing him and there's somebody else that that God's attention is on and somebody else it's not so much that God's attention was on what Saul it's the fact that the people's attention had turned away from him and turned to David Remember the whole song that the lady sang? Uh, 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 Saul has killed his thousands, David his tens of thousands, and that particular song is what set Saul off and turned his heart in an angry way toward, toward David. But the bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic so what is referred to here as wisdom exactly it's it's the bitter envy and the self-seeking or a passion translation calls it jealousy and competition now here's the real question this was the question that i asked how in the world could this be seen as as wise because because when you when you read it let's, let's read it again if you have bitter envy self-seeking in your hearts do not boast and lie against the truth this wisdom, the wisdom of bitterness and self-seeking does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. All of us reading verse 14 will sit here and say in our heads, I would never come in agreement, bitter envy, self-seeking, just outright. And the enemy knows that. He knows that something plainly evil plainly wrong most of us are going to avoid so that means it has to be camouflaged it's got to be camouflaged as something that's going to appear virtuous 
and appear right and appear as you defending yourself and appear as you just speaking your mind and appear as you just keeping it 100 and appear as you just telling it like it is and appear as you just taking care of you and yours. It's going to appear as something that is virtuous but laced behind it. Is something else to get you to come into agreement with something that does not descend from above. And coming back to why we having this conversation, if I'm going to be fit for 100 times, then I've got to make sure that the connection of what I get to live my life comes from above. But if I can lace this thing right and make it appear as you being wise... James calls it out. This wisdom doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from God. It's earthly. It's sensual. It's right. So in other words, it's attractive because it's based in reason. Think, think about it. Think about it. Have you, you, you ain't never been around a bitter person, an angry person, that if you ask them why they're that way, they don't have a good what? reason but watch this it's a good reason based off of their perspective but what they fail to recognize is they have come into agreement with something that is laced with demonism I know it's tough to hear I ain't sitting here saying that you're full of the devil or sitting here saying that you're demonically possessed I am saying though that can, there can be times that we as believers come into agreement with demonic activity and we don't know it And as long as that is alive within the heart of an individual, you are not fit for 100 times. It will crush you. So God will feed this humble pie that the fractures might be exposed so that they can be dealt with. That wisdom doesn't descend from above. But it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and hypocrisy. Let's hit the Passion Translation. I want to read these same, these same uh, texts. But if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish uh, making peace. So coming back to the understanding that it, it is attract, it's only attractive because it's based in reason. That's the only way, that's the only way to get a believer to come into agreement with it. The enemy understands that I've got to hide it behind the appearance of being virtuous. I've got to hide it behind the appearance of, 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 you, of you doing the right thing. But here, here it, here's the, the kicker of how you know and can properly discern what, what it is that you're operating in. Does it yield the fruit of peace and righteousness? 
If after you got finished saying what you had to say, you didn't walk away with the fruit of peace and righteousness, you didn't walk away with a sense of I have represented the Lord well, you ought to see some of the faces in here. <laughs> if, if I don't walk away like that, then I know what I just came in agreement with. Now, once again, this is not to shame. This is not to beat up. This is to highlight and to make us more aware. The devil's getting a black eye with this message. Because now we're becoming more conscious of what it is that, that we come into agreement with within a moment because I want to make sure that it is the heavenly wisdom that yields that, that peaceable, peaceable righteousness. It's right here. Always There it is right there. Yeah, yeah. Always bears a beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom, fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish and make peace. And uh, I don't know if it was included in what, what I put uh, on screen, but uh, James starts this conversation with saying that if you are somebody that, that's truly wise, then you, ha you have a sense of gentleness about how you, how you operate, about yourself. Now, I know... So some of y'all that, that got that clapback spirit. I know that y'all are listening to this message and you are sitting here like arguing with me in your head. Like, Pastor, I hear all of that. That sounds wonderful and sounds very good for a Hallmark card. But I'm not, I'm not trying to just let somebody run over me or just let somebody say whatever they going, they're going to, to say to me. This is, I'm just wanting us to bring it to the consideration that there is, there is a bigger picture, okay? That's what I'm trying to make you aware of. Yeah, in the moment you got heated, okay, I have them too. But there's, there's a bigger picture at hand here. The, we, we need people operating in the 100 times, okay? For the cause of his nature being exposed to the world. I'd, I need you 100 times in, in your emotional stability, 100 times in your wisdom, 100 times in your intelligence, 100 times in, in your love capacity, 100 times in your resources, 100 times in your money, 100 times in your influence on your job, 100 times in your influence in your family, 100 times in your influence over your babies and over your children. We, we need that being exposed so that the world and those who don't subscribe to this belief will be able to look at a group of people and see the word and see the abundant life that he say he came to give actually being experienced by a group of people and not just in an ideal okay so that's that's why we're having this conversation and so when I get in those moments where I could come up with a mean clap back and really give it I have to look at it and say is that worth me once again backtracking on this journey to 100 times because now I got to go back and eat that slice of pie again I told you it was for grown folks, so I, I, I warned you already. I come into agreement with it because it appears virtuous. Must appear this, it, it must appear this way to capture my agreement. Remember how the scripture calls the devil, what, an angel of light. He's not going to show up as that pitchfork, horn, top of the head character that we see in cartoons. That's too obvious. Appears as an angel of light. And if I can get you to come into agreement, then I got you. But 
you know, if it does not yield those fruits of peace and righteousness, then it's not yielding what it needs to yield. Now, listen at this from verse uh, 14 to 16, that, that word uh, envy and jealousy. Just, just a few more. Uh, yeah. But if there's bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and compensate and phony, uh, boasting, boasting and being phony. And then 16, same word, wherever jealousy, selfishness uncovered. So jealousy, envy, selfishness, that's what most uh, translations use. Listen at what this means. Boiling anger, love, or zeal for what is good or bad. Boiling over. Boiling over emotionalism. Boiling over hot in my emotions. Now, it's interesting that you, you can have it for either something that's righteous or something that is unrighteous. We all know what it is for unrighteous. Okay, so we don't have to go that far in that conversation. But what is it to have a boiling zeal, something that boils over for the cause of Christ and his kingdom? That's the wisdom that's, la that's laced from heaven. But even that has to be brought into some sense of context and some sense of boundary. Because Solomon warns us that we can actually have zeal without knowledge. And then that, that leads us into a place that's not, that's not good either. And then verse 16, selfishness, troubles of every kind of, and, and, and meanness. That, or troubles of every kind of meanness is a passion translation. That's what uh, New King James calls selfishness. But then too, uh, when, when you dig into the original language on this, this will be my last piece here. When you dig into the original language from, uh, from James chapter 3 in verse, uh, in verse 16, right here, yeah. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. Listen to the original. The, you, you will find chaos, instability, and disorder. Chaos, instability. And disorder. That's that's where you're going to find where wherever it is that I come that I come into uh, agreement with wisdom that is of the earth. Earthly just means natural. Just only interested in the natural realm. Sensual appeals to the senses. Only, only taking in mind the moment in most occasions. And demonic behaves like a demon. Tough language, I know. But it is the truth. When, when I come into agreement through my reasoning in moments where I feel like it's unfair. It's not right. I shouldn't be waiting this long. I shouldn't have to do this. This is beneath me. Whatever the case might be. If I come into agreement through my reasoning with something that does not yield the fruit of peace and righteousness, yields the fruit of me following the voice of the Lord. And I allow that boiling anger, that boiling hotness to rile something up within me. And I, in a moment, make a decision. It could be quite possible.
that I've come into agreement with something that does not have my best interest in mind. And as long as I'm still coming into agreement with a wisdom that does not descend from above, I'm not fit for 100 times. And so, the Lord in his goodness will give me a slice of pie. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep situations around me to test and see what's in me. To test and see what, what pool of wisdom I'm going to pull from. Because there's always two available. But neither one of them can force feed me. Both suggest. And let me give a little clue on heavenly wisdom. Most of the time, heavenly wisdom is unreasonable. Most of the time, heavenly wisdom doesn't agree with how you feel. Most of the time, heavenly wisdom is calling for you to do what you least feel like doing. Which honestly makes it a lot of times the one that is the most difficult to come into agreement with. But if I can submit my flesh, submit myself to the process and go ahead and, and prep myself that that's what it takes a lot of times to come into agreement with heavenly wisdom. Then when the moment comes, I'm prepared to make sure that just because something is appealing and it's in front of me and it's a moment that I've been waiting on, that I still approach it with the heart of, Father, is this what you're saying? Because what I don't want to do is come into agreement or something that's just appealing to my senses. Or something that's only got this moment in mind. And not going to yield the fruit that it needs to yield later on. Because I want to be someone that really is experiencing 100 times what has been left for the gospel's sake. I, I, I want to be a conduit that, that you can use so that others would know your nature and know your goodness. But for that to happen, I know I got to be operating by your wisdom and what you call being smart and what you call being intelligent. This is a tough one even for me, but it's a part of your wisdom. If somebody strikes you on the left, Turn the other cheek. If, if, if someone comes to sue you for your coat, give them your tunic too. This is the wisdom that descends from above. And this is the wisdom that we grown folks have to be brave enough to have the conversation and say, you know what, Lord, I'm not there yet. But I yield myself to you because I do want to be. 
because you say that those are the only ones who, who are capable, who have the capacity, who have the space to carry 100 times. No need for me crying out for the 100 times if I'm unwilling to make sure that the wisdom that I'm operating in has not been demonically laced. And so, Father, we thank you for the journey that you're leading us on to, to pour into us heavenly wisdom, to pour into us heavenly uh, operating systems, to pour into us the way that heaven moves and operates. Because we want to see the kingdom come. We want to see your will be done on earth as it already is. As it already is in heaven. And so, Father, we open ourselves in this moment and this week and for the rest of our lives for you to highlight in us, for you to correct us, for you to bring to our attention and awareness when we have come into agreement with our adversary. When we've come into agreement with his operating system and come into agreement with his ways, come into agreement with his thought processes. We want to divorce those contracts that we've signed in the spirit. We want to divorce those ways and those methodologies that we've come into agreement with. Those areas in our life where we uh, make statements like, that's just how I am. That's just the way I've always been. I, I, I want, Holy Spirit, for you to bring challenge to those areas in the name of Jesus. Those areas in our heart we just refuse to forgive and we refuse to operate in the grace of God. May you remind us, Lord, of the grace that it took to bring us into the fold. May you remind us of the mercy that was extended to us that has caused us to be where we are today. We want your wisdom, Holy Spirit. We want what it is that you release because we want the 100 times that you have blessed us with, with the opportunity that you've blessed us to be able to carry that capacity that the world might see that you're a good father. In Jesus' name, come on, can we put our hands together, celebrate the word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can stand to your feet. I'm going to dismiss you. Hope that blessed you. I gave you something to, to think about. Gave you something to consider. Because we need you operating in heavenly wisdom. Lift your hands, please. Let me bless you. Father, these are your people. May you bless them and keep them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Establish them. Give them peace. Grace them with heavenly wisdom so that we operate in a way that is honoring to you in all of our dealings. Continue to make us fit for the 100 times. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Love you. God bless you. See you next week.